Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here for a Wednesday edition of Oilers Live. We've got a special guest. He's going to have to take himself off mute, though, before he says anything. Mr. Jeff Aid is here to talk some Sabres hockey in advance of the Thursday game. And then the not-so-special guest, almost my co-host as of late, uh, Mr. Dash, Dash in the Park from Straight Off the Pipe Podcast. Welcome to you both. Thank you, sir. Glad you. Yeah, glad Hi. to have you, Jeff. I know I had you call. You called in. Feels like ages ago. Like we're talking pre-COVID. Yeah. Uh, back when I used to have a call-in uh, segment, and you called in then, and and so that's the last time I. I you know who was on that time? Uh, John Warrow. Remember John? Right, yeah. 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 Yep. One of the uh, beat reporters from Buffalo. Uh, so happy to have you because we've got um, for the Oilers. It's a big game tomorrow, as every game is uh, going down the stretch. Uh, Buffalo right now, I mean, just really trying to prove kind of where they're at and where the team's going, especially after the the big trade, probably one of the biggest trades they've made. And I don't know how long, but, um, you know, it's um, it's it's kind of, you know, they've been kind of. I'd say middling even as of late, but they had a couple big wins in a row. I thought were kind of good. And, and uh, so happy to get you on here. I, are you going to the game first off, Jeff? Of course. I haven't yeah. missed it in years. And yeah. 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 Actually, well, uh, I haven't sorry, either. <laughs> Until this year. Yeah, this will be your first one you're missing, Michael. Yeah. yeah. You're going to Calgary too, right, Jeff? Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, we already got tickets. The wife and I are heading up to the Calgary and Friday night. We're going to see the Flames and Sabres game too. Nice. So I don't know. I don't know if Dash knows, but (laughs) typically what I used to do, I got a buddy in Calgary that, um, uh, you know, I worked with and, and he's a huge Sabres fan. And, and so he did a lot of work for me, like, uh, with me in a supporting role. And so I would treat him every year to, uh, both Sabres games, the Calgary game and the Edmonton game. And typically in years past, um, I, this is the first time in a long time they're playing in Edmonton first. Typically, they play in Calgary first, and then they go uh, over to Edmonton. Why would you punish somebody you love like that, Mike? I know, I know. Well, so what we would do is we would um, we go to the Calgary game, and I would wear uh, Sabers jersey with him. I'd be one of the you know four or five people in the stands, and then uh, and then we would go from there. We'd drive up to uh, to Edmonton and watch the game there, and I would uh, take the Sabers jersey off in exchange for you know the Oilers Oilers jersey of course and and um you know one one year I uh I think I took the pictures for the displaced Buffalo Sabres yes you did you you joined them in the Calgary photo didn't you? I did I am in the Calgary photo yeah and uh in fact the last couple times I think uh Jeff I don't know if I told you but um we always would stay at the same hotel as the Sabres, not on purpose. It just, that's always the best place to stay. And so back before the Marriott, we'd stay at uh, McDonald, right? And that's where they'd stay. So we rode the uh, elevator with Ocposo and a few other guys a couple of times. And, um, and then uh, last time we were there, we actually, um, my buddy and I were checking in. This is at the Marriott. And I turn around. And it's none other than Jack Eichel. <laughs> so, 
So my 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 friend, he's um, I, I don't know the best way to put it, but he's a little bit shy. And so I turned around. He you know, he's the type he wouldn't bug a player at all. And I'm not you know, I don't go out of my way to bug a player, but I'm it's Jack Eichel and he's standing like he's not socially distanced because at the time <laughs> he didn't have to. So I said, Hey, Jack, I said, do you mind? Like, I just want to shake, shake your hand. I'm wearing my Oilers Jersey, but I'm like, my buddy is a huge fan. I said, and my friend here would like me. Yeah. Anyway, it's all, it always, they always play around his birthday too. So he was pretty excited about that. That's my story. That's it. That's all I got. I've been to Buffalo to watch them play too. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm a closet Sabres fan. We'll take all the support we can get. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can always go to the games and compromise with like a, uh, like a Mike Greer Jersey or a Mike Pekka Jersey or something. Can't you? Yeah. Those Pekka. A couple of Jeff's favorite players. Yeah. Uh, do you have a, a Sabres uh, story there, Dash, before we uh, dial in with Jeff here on, on how this came to be. The only one that actually ever pops into my mind when I think of the Sabres, ah, he got me off guard. What if I didn't have a story? That would have been a terrible question. I would have just um, moved on. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the first Oilers game I ever went to because I grew up in Saskatchewan. And the first game I ever went to um, as an Oilers fan to Rexall to watch the Oilers um, was on a bus with a bunch of my my buddies. And, um, you know, we had, you know, our wives or girlfriends or whatever we were doing at the time. And uh, I don't know, Jeff, I know the Sabres fandom is is pretty small. So, geez, maybe you've heard of them. It's like, hey, hey Bill in Toronto, you know him? But um, my friend uh, Rob Poland is uh, a diehard Sabres fan. And uh, Rob proposed to his wife that night. He actually called ahead and had it up on the board and then had one knee down on the aisle and, and proposed like five feet in front of me. So that's kind of what I think of every time. And um, I remember that Rollison was the goalie of question that night Hasek didn't play and uh we just absolutely screamed roll all night so yeah that's my boring saber story move on michael <laughs> all right all right we'll move on to our, our uh, guest of the hour uh jeff um i don't know if i've ever asked you like and so we have to ask you know you're living in edmonton um yeah. you know everybody's got they're curious too. Yeah, everybody's got their Sabres fan story. Like, you know, Dash and I know each know Sabres fans. Everybody knows mm-hmm. the Sabres fan, by the way. One it's, it's or not two. a huge, it's not a huge fan base, but somehow everybody knows the Sabres fan. But they're all diehards. You can't find a half-assed Sabres fan. That's the thing. Well, you I mean, if you're gonna cheer for the Sabres, you might as well just do it through everything you've got to put <laughs> put up with. It's like being an Oilers fan. Maybe that's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. We share the same pain. Yeah. So what, like, how did it all happen? How did it come to be? Um, long story short, but it's going to be a long story is, uh, my mom's older sister lives out in Buffalo and, uh, I got a bunch of family out in Buffalo and I don't know, uh, they've been out there a good couple decades now. So it's, it's been about 20 plus years and I'm only 34 years old. And I've made every Sabres weather game since 2006. And I got just jerseys and shirts and hats dating back to when I was a teenager kind of thing. So I, I would say longevity and family at this point because I got a bunch of family out there. And to me, I feel like I'm committed. You know, like when I started liking them, they had Dominic Hasek and they were a little bit of a different team than they are today. Right. So, yeah. And um, one thing I really liked about them when I was a kid for some reason is just they, uh, they sing both national anthems at every game, no matter who's playing, you know, Canada, America, every game. So I thought that was pretty cool to do. 
And then the fact that they have zero Stanley Cups back in 1999, uh, they were so close. They were in the finals of Dallas, right? And I just thought it'd be kind of cool to be able to be a fan and latch on for their first ever championship, which now we're still waiting for their first. Ever <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. Damn you, Brett Hall. <laughs> yeah. And 2006 was close. You know, I still like to bring that up because uh, Carolina ruined my dream Stanley Cup matchup, you know? And yeah. Everybody oh, yeah. asked me if I would have went others. I no chance, you know, Buffalo all the way, right? And, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. have to stick to your guns there. Yeah. You know what? And I respect that. I think, you know, you grow up cheering for a team just because, you know, whether you're in the city or not, I don't care. It's, it's your team. Have you been to, um, have you been to watch a game in Buffalo? No, actually I haven't. It's funny because, uh, you know, like I said, I got family out there and they're always inviting me to come on by and bring the family out. But we, I don't know, we haven't really made the chance yet, but it's still something we're planning on one day. So I, I like to tell this story. I've actually been twice now, but the first time that I went, uh, I went and it the Oilers were in town. And so I was, I was in Toronto. It's, I want to say it's about a 90 minute drive there and back. Um, I went by myself. I just, I, I knew some, uh, Oilers fan, Oilers live, uh, fans were out there too. And so I, um, you know, I reached out to them and said, Hey, I'm going to be at the game and we'd all meet up and, and I bought tickets off of some website. I don't know how, which website, but it was 50. It was, it was right. Like I was 15, 16 rows up almost on the center line. And I paid uh, $15 us. And, uh, and, it, and the seats are identical to the old Rexall seats, which, so I felt right at home. <laughs> like I literally, <laughs> I felt right at home. So I got there actually quite a few Oilers fans there. Uh, Connor McDavid, I think, I mean, he's always had some success against the Sabres, but they, um, they scored, uh, on the, uh, that was when they were playing Connor on the penalty kill and, uh, him and dry would almost start every penalty kill. And they scored right away on that one. And the thing that I remember the best out of all of this is I'm, I'm, th- I'm there. I'm like, man, I got this great deal on these seats. Turns out I overpaid because these, this couple comes in and they sit beside me and they say, yeah, we only paid $10 US a seat. And I'm like, oh, damn, I've overpaid. But I highly recommend it's a, it is a great hockey city. It's not much of a jaunt. They give you a little bit of a hard time at the at the bridge, you know, to to get over because they want to, you know, they want to know you're not bringing any drugs to the game or anything like that, you know, that sort of thing. So the guy talked to me for like 20 minutes longer than I felt like he needed to, waiting for me to slip up and uh, you know, get in and and all good. It's um easy to get into. The rink is a lot like the old Rexall. And it's nothing special, but it's good. The The great thing about the old Rexall is there was not a bad seat in the house. Right. And so, you know, the same could be said about, um, I'm, I'm losing my, what's the name of the rink now? Is Key bank. Key bank. Is that what it is? Or... Key bank still? I thought it was first Niagara, but uh, it might be first Niagara. Okay. Another question. Sabres question. Your favorite logo. Ooh. Honestly, the, the, like this one here, you know, I just, the, the vintage one, the original, that was kind of my favorite. And when I started liking them, they had the, the goat head, of course, and nothing wrong with that. I'm still a fan of that as well. And I, I believe they're bringing them back next year as like an alternate Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be surprise me. As well, but, um, but if I had to choose one, the original, like vintage first one, for sure. So not the leech, 
or whatever that thing was. What's it called? <laughs> uh, the slug. The slug. Yeah, the slug. That's the slug. what they were calling it. The slug. That's right. The I knew leech. The leech or the slug or they had some good like that. Yeah. Fleury, Mark Andre Fleury. Oh man, leech was, slug. Yeah, that goes into the list of like wrong moves for a logo. That one. Yeah. Uh, favorite uh, Sabres fan of all time or Sabres player. Sorry. I know who your favorite Sabres fan is. Uh, me, of course, but <laughs> of all time, I'd have to say Hasek. I know he was just my yeah. first initial when I was a kid, but other notable favorites. I really liked Mike Greer as a kid, actually. You know, I watched him a lot in Edmonton and then he went over to Buffalo later in his career. And just Mike Greer was a, just, I loved his style. Just great. I don't know, power four type and, so Mike Rear is another one. Mike Peck as well. Maxim Afinaganov. A lot of those guys in the late nineties and and yeah, the, some of those. Ziggy Palfy. Ziggy Palfy. Petey named his dog Ziggy. Oh really? <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. All right, guys. Let's talk some hockey. More current. Something coming up. Of course, tomorrow night, Oilers yeah. face off against Buffalo. Uh, for those that uh, don't follow Sabres hockey, that are tuning in today. Sabres are coming off of two, what I think are really huge wins for the Sabres fan base. Uh, first one, of course, was welcoming back Jack Eichel uh, into uh, Buffalo. Uh, so that was huge, right? And, uh, of course, um, you know, just the way that it, it came about and, um, and everything that happened that night uh, was so big for the Sabres, I think. Uh, like it had to be a huge confidence booster for this team that it, that's been through, you know, I mean, so much. Right. And, um, and so just a moral victory, right? Like, yeah. You know, and, and, and to not, have Tuck and Krebs score, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, no, uh, yeah, not I mean, just that Tuck and Krebs score. Craig Anderson gets his 300 career win. Yeah. yeah. It's on the 20th anniversary of the night that Dominic Hasek returned to Buffalo. Sure. And after the freaking game, Jack Eichel decides to be the biggest sore loser in the history of hockey. Like, wow. I was stunned when I saw that. So what a uh, little he lost so much. I lost so much respect for him there. Like it was, he, he reminded me of that guy from I, Billy I, Madison. You know what? I, I don't, I don't have a huge problem with it. Like I, you know, like I, go I after think the team, go after the organization. Right. Don't go after yeah, the, the, or, the organization is a big thing, but you know, for him, I get why he wanted to leave. Uh, given the fact that, you know, there, there was that, the piece about the surgery, right. It is what it is, but I, you know, I think it's turned out well for Buffalo, right? They got, you know, you move on from something like that and you just, you kind of, you know, and you've got guys that um, like Krebs is going to be, you know, he's going to be a good player. Um, Tuck is playing at home and, and so is a good, good news story. Uh, what, Let's be honest, so, it worked out well for the Oilers. The Knights can't stop losing. <laughs> yeah, well, that, and then there's that, right? Like, I, you know, I, I mean, you just didn't know what you were going to get back with Eichel when, when he did return from surgery as well. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So your thoughts, Jeff, I mean, on that return, I mean, how was that for you? I assume you watched the game and, and, uh, you know, do you have ill feeling towards, I mean, obviously dash isn't uh, walking around with an Eichel Jersey right now. Uh, but, um, 
Like, what's your thoughts? Oh, no, it's on hanging Eichel right behind and... my Keith jersey right <laughs> that's here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what's your thoughts on on the Eichel thing and and the game itself? And how'd that feel as a fan? Overall, I, I I do feel mixed about it because I don't blame him because the whole surgery thing at the end of the day. And plus, he was there for six years, and you know the team didn't really build around him properly, too. You know, but the post game comments were pretty. Eh. You know, I'll try to cut him some slack. You know, he just came off the ice from a serious game. He probably wasn't expecting it to go that horribly for him. And maybe the heat of the moment caught him too much. But, you know, in a way, it's good for the team bonding, right? They they seem like they're a good, uh, night, uh, you know, close-knit group in the room. And you're going to see in that reaction, too, like Alex Tuck and his empty net goal at the end of the game. Like, he pretty much knocked Eichel over to get that empty net goal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was a thing yeah. of beauty, right? Yeah. So it was it was really good to see. And at the end of the day, too, it's I hate to say it, but it's good to finally get that closure in a way and finally move on, right? Like that that game was circled on the calendar by everybody. Now yeah. we can finally, you know what, we got that win and we can be happy about it. And you know, good riddance in a way, because I feel like Buffalo did really well in that trade. And you know, like just kind of move on away, right? You know, it's funny because other fans are hoping they lose for the Pacific Division. And while Buffalo, we have their first round pick, and we're hoping exactly. It's it's top ten protect, protected, but you know if they just barely miss the playoffs, we could have like thirteenth, you know, two top fifteen picks kind of thing, right? So, yeah, best case scenario that comes in at like an eleven or a twelve, right? And then yeah, you're, and you're you laughing know, as far as the overall value for that because not only that pick, but Tuck is a glue guy too. You know, one more thing, Michael. Sorry, just to say, yeah, yeah. I when I saw that Tuck goal, I honestly I thought it was a changing of the guard. It was like that. You know, in wrestling, when they pass the torch and, you know, Stone Cold gets pinned by the new guy and Cena gets to have his hand raised. It was a little bit of that, right? Like there was the old captain getting bowled over by the new captain, in my opinion. So was, I guess there's so not, much karma that proof of hockey gods. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because I really hope Alex Tuck's the next captain in the offseason. Like he's from the area and he seems like he's just happy to be there. It's really good to have someone who was a fan of the team growing up and you know, you could just use enthusiasm, right? So I really hope Tuck's the next the next captain come the summer. Yeah, well, Vegas misses him. He was a pronounced glue guy on that team. So, yeah, I, I mean, overall, I mean, you can't um, be unhappy with uh, how it's turned out. I mean, you know, he, it's not like the Sabers are doing any worse than they were, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you just kind of you got to move on from that. And then, though, you you go from that game. And you walk into what's a big, uh, really sort of, you know, a big game for Toronto, a big game for Buffalo, because it's it's close to home. It's in Hamilton. There's actually quite a few Sabres fans in Hamilton, right? Like there's, um, you know, it's actually a, you know, uh, a good fan base there for uh, for the Sabres. They're not that far away. A lot of them grew up being Sabres fans because they were either tired of Toronto, right? And it was an easy place to get tickets, right? Like, so that's... That's what happened. So, you know, they go into the outdoor game. Uh, I just thought like a lot of heart, like it was just, it was just the kind of game that, um, you know, you can build on and, and in a season that's gone the way that it's been uh, for Buffalo, I like that again. I mean, that had to feel good as a fan, just watching that. And of course it being, uh, Oh, must've been something I said. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i thought you were being pretty nice to be honest yeah 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 well uh we'll get for me for me that press we got really you back showed, like i know you 
I know you're into the outdoor game now, but just to stall a little bit like that presser really showed me that Jeff's back, you know, the, it, it almost justified a lot of the, and I understand where Jeff's coming from, where you want to try and defend, you know, your favorite player for the last six, seven years. And, you know, we all do it with McDavid right now, but if McDavid walks out of Edmonton in four years, we're all going to go that skinny little puke, you know, like, it's going to be just like that. So it's, it's hard, but like, I think when you walk in and you say something like that in your presser, he almost just proved that he was mentally weak. Like it justified um, like the reputation he has for being immature and, and a, and a poor leader. Like that's not, you know, when John Tavares went back to New York, he said all the right things, you know, and what it was, what it was and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I don't know. I just like, now you see, Vegas losing with Eichel there. And it just makes me feel like, you know what? Maybe Jack Eichel's just a loser. <laughs> you didn't say anything wrong there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Taylor Hall goes everywhere and they win the lottery. Like, you know, it's something, something to be said about somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> he was asking you about the Leafs game. I was just trying to stall. Yeah. Uh, the Leafs game was fun to watch. You know, it's, uh, they seem like they just had a lot of fight, a lot of energy. And uh, Dylan Cousins, for example, the way he was just, <laughs> you know, you love to see that kind of thing, right? Especially from your young players that are, you know, part of the future solution kind of thing, right? So I'm a huge Cousins fan and just you got to love to see that type of thing. And then the whole Darlene and Austin Matthews thing, it's, you know, I was hoping for a little four or five games. Everybody had a different amount of games of what he could have got, right? But it was, you know, good for Darlene to step up to that type of player. You know, Darlene's not going to take any kind of crap either. And oh, yeah. you know, that's what you want to see from your young players that are going to be part of the future success. Like Darlene and Cousins, they're going to be part of this team for years to come, hopefully. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. 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 The, um, that Cousins hit on Matthews was, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a lot of Canadian, uh, fans, uh, Canadian hockey fans that stood up for that one and, yeah. and enjoyed every, yeah. every second. I felt a little warmth it, yeah. in my belly. I'm not yeah. going to lie. And then, uh, Darlene, I, I, so what's, what's your thought on this? Cause every Leafs fan in the world is going to tell you that Darlene cross-checked Matthews, but uh, or from, speared him or something, or speared know. him, or you know what? Uh, what's your thought on that? I mean, and and do you are you comfortable with two games? You know, Darlene wasn't innocent, of course, but I think what he was doing is kind of like two minute penalty worthy, and the ref should have stepped in and maybe called a penalty, sure. But at the end of the day, Matthews, some were saying that his stick kind of rolled up the shoulder pads and, oh, there wasn't intent, but you still got to have control of your stick in that situation. And he was a little reckless, careless, you can say. And I, I thought two games was a little light. I thought they maybe could have gone four or five games a little more. But, you know, it's so in inconsistent with the way they're calling the suspensions, too. So tell. Yeah, I mean, Couldn't it's better than a fine. Well <laughs> better than a fine that's all I yeah have. that's true but uh, no i expected four or five i mean i'd echo that exactly i couldn't agree more yeah i i i expected to i'd hoped for more uh, yeah <laughs> I, I shouldn't say i hoped for more i you know what i i love ragging on matthews only because toronto fans um oh, it's hard to say they overvalue him because he's a hell of a player but they just think that he's, you know, the best player in the world. And I was and just listening not. to a chunk yeah. of overdrive today and they yeah. said, arguably the best player in the NHL. Team. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's the, that's the only part drives me nuts, that but I, nuts. but I, you know what, he is a hell of a goal scorer. Can't deny that. Uh, we've got a, a um, 
Tough call. Josh says, um, I feel so old when people don't have May Day 1993 is the first thing they think of when they hear the Sabres and say Pat LaFontaine as their favorite Sabres player. Um, and you are old, Josh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. Then. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I played hockey with uh, May Day, by the way. Do you know what a Josh Bolton hat trick is, Jeff? Uh, never mind. We'll move on. I'll tell you later. <laughs> I will tell you later. Uh, all right. We got a big game happening tomorrow night. Um, anybody out of the lineup that we should know for the Sabres? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure at the moment offhand. Um, like Colin Miller is supposed to be returning soon, but I don't think he's back to action yet. And the only reason why I bring Colin Miller up is because uh, he's going to be a kind of a trade deadline target trade. anyway. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a perfect world, I would love to get a first round pick for him, but I know that's not happening. So maybe they can get like a second rounder for Colin Miller. I don't know. Teams need right hand defense, right? So, yeah. He, he's, practicing, he's practicing and should be back soon, but I'm not sure if he's even on the trip or not. I can see easily getting a second round pick for a guy like Miller, especially that he's right handed. I think he played a lot of top pairing minutes for Vegas in that Stanley Cup run, too. Like he's, it's not like he's just a third. Well, he is a third pairing scrub, but he's capable of of playing bigger minutes and knowing what it takes to to take a run. Uh, Will Butcher, Drake Kajula, Malcolm Subban. Yeah, yeah, and, and Miller, by the way, the is other still sitting on IR, uh, so he's not he hasn't been activated, so likely won't be activated. I heard he was close. That's all. I wasn't sure in the status of that. And uh, yeah, they're, they're going to unload a lot of the deadline. I'm kind of looking forward to that coming up because you know draft picks and load up as best as you can, right? Who else and, do you think they'll move? Yeah, that was going to be my question. Who? Yeah. Who else do you think they'll move? Like, do you think you'll see an Ocposo get traded, or is that salary too big? Or I think they're he's. I think he's sticking around. You know, uh, they're going to be in trouble next year to even hit this uh, the salary floor. So they're going to need yeah. kind of Ocposo's uh, six million to hit the floor next year. But you know, besides Colin Miller, as I mentioned, I think Cody Aiken's another guy that's for sure gone. You know, he's, he could be a fourth line center for somebody. He's got playoff yeah. experience as well. So Cody Aiken's another one. And as much as it pains me, I think Mark Pesic might be gone. You know, Mark Pesic is a, you know, upcoming free agent. And I think a team could use a right-handed defenseman like that as well. And uh, another one, uh, Vinny Hinestroza as well. You know, he's been on a little bit of a fire on a roll lately. And I think Vinny Hinestroza can maybe you know, have some interest from other teams as well. And those are, that's another player where, you know, Pesic and Hinnestroza, where I think they might unload them at the deadline, but that'd be amazing if they could bring them back in the off season, but who knows if that'll happen. So, so Miller, Aiken, Pesic, Hinnestroza, like there's a good, good handful for sure. Right. So. Yeah. I Robert, mean, uh, Robert been one. Another. Sorry. I'd who? love to see Pesic here. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's one. A lot of people have recognized as uh potential for the Oilers. Uh, so we could see maybe maybe mid game we'll see uh, see him step off the ice and Cassian step off the ice at the same time <laughs> <laughs> or Smith. You guys could really Sabers could use Smith. No, <laughs> Sabers Sabers need a Smith in their lineup. Do they really? And yeah. it, and they already and, have the they have the oldest goalie in the league, and they need Mike Smith and Duncan Keith, right? I mean, you guys could <laughs> pick up that salary, Jeez. wouldn't you? Love to take that well, one. They need money, but uh, let's stay away from those guys. You know, uh, Mike Smith. He's we've seen the way he yells at his young blue liners. What was it uh, Broberg and Nima Line in there in Tampa Bay, right? And 
That was just one game. I think he was yelling at Lagason two games before that, and he was yelling at Bouchard and swinging his stick at him two games before that. Uh, and the, the Sabres are filled with young players and young blue liners, so you don't want that kind of goalie and, you know, hanging around. That kind of, right? <laughs> it's just we need his Mike Smith swinging his stick at Owen Power. Yeah, great. Welcome <laughs> to the team, Smitty. Fun yeah. facts, if Smith and Anderson play against each other tomorrow, it'll go down as in history as the two most generically named opposing goalies of all time. Yeah, so, I mean, Smith obviously is um, is starting tomorrow night. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. This, um, this has got to be like his last shot, right? I mean, he... Let's talk to him on the radio a little bit today. Was it, it isn't, yeah, it I isn't, mean, I think, you know? I, like, it's his last shot until they need him again. Well, yeah, I mean, there's like that, if he shits the bed to, tomorrow night, what are we? Okay, so maybe back on the IR, maybe down to the minors. I don't know what that solves, right? Because, but if he's good, he's gonna get. I bet you he plays again on Saturday against New Jersey if he's has a good start. I so, doubt that. You know, it's I don't know. So then, I don't know. Yeah, I think if uh, if Smith falters, he's probably not gonna see. Like I say, I'd say then we see Skinner up. But for how long? If somebody gets hurt, we still need Smith again. I don't think you can say he's going to play his last game as an Oiler if he has a shitty game. Who uh, who on the Sabers this year has really surprised you, Jeff? I mean, I, I mean, there's the usuals, right? But who surprised you this year? Uh, this year, I got to go with like Tage Thompson for sure. Yeah. You know, he yeah. everybody's waiting for him to break out and everything from the Ryan O'Reilly trade. And, you know, this is kind of his coming out year. And one big thing that Coach Granado has done, he's moving back to center, you know, and I, I think it's been a good few years since Thompson's played center. And it seems like it's been a great move there because he's having a career year already. And Tage Thompson's looking like the player that they hope they got from St. Louis in that O'Reilly trade. So, you know, Tage Thompson for sure, you know, he's, he could have been an all-star this year. Like, and, <laughs> yeah, easily hit. Any, uh, any disappointment in middle stat at all? I mean, I, I thought I always expected a little bit more of him and he's just been kind of, I don't know how you couldn't be disappointed in him. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like you, the expectations were to be a little higher and we're still kind of holding out, but you know, he was drafted to like, well, I think it was 2016. So it's good. Like six years ago now. And you're kind of wondering when's that, when is he going to break out and everything? So we've seen glimpses and signs and you still kind of hope, but like that hope is diminishing and, you know, I, I, yeah, it's, it is underwhelming in ways, but I still like the player and he's been great for them, but you know, I just, yeah, he's been a little bit of a disappointment, I guess. Still. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how are you pretty surprised about- about Postal's rebound? He's been really great as well, actually. And, uh, you know, I ain't looking at the salary because, you know, $6 million is what it is, but you need him. Yeah. 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 He's worked really well. With Dylan cousins actually. And I think when you, they have them paired together, cousins and El Pozo, the, you know, the older and the younger player, they just, they've really mixed well. So I, I kind of like them when Granado has them together and Ogpozo's really look good. And he seems like a leader in that room that, you know, people kind of look up to there. And yeah. I'd Ogposo's say he's the in facto fill in captain there now, right? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So that's, you know, that brings up another thing because I, you know, I think you look at Ogpozo, you look at some players like that and Edmonton's had guys like this all the time that, um, you know, you, you, you can't look, you can't always look at the salary, right? I mean, the salary is something the coach has nothing to do with. Right. And so it all, it all boils down to utilization, right? Like if you're, you know, perfect example is Cassian on the Oilers, you know, the, the salary he has dicta- would dictate that he plays somewhere different in the lineup than he should be playing. And so if you got good coaching, 
then, you know, obviously, and Lucic is a good example. I mean, he never had a chance with his salary coming into the Oilers uh, because it was always expected that he'd play, um, you know, where his salary said he'd play. How do you feel about Don Granato and the utilization? And and how do you feel about Don Granato? I mean, he's he's come in. He's, I you know, I wouldn't say the Sabres are doing significantly better by any stretch, but like, how do you feel about it? You think this is a guy that's going to have a future in Buffalo and, and can take this team to the next step? You know, I'm still on the fence with him, but the one thing, you know, it's, it's someone new, like it's not a recycled coach like we've seen all the time. So it's kind of, he's yeah. given it, he's getting a chance. He's been an assistant and he's finally getting his opportunity to show what we can do. And I do like him. And I feel like you got to stop the coaching carousel sometimes. So give him a shot. You know, this is his first full season behind the helm, yeah. you know, give him next year as well, because he can grow with a lot of these young players. And I, I think he's been doing great. You know, I think a lot of people at the beginning of the year are predicting Buffalo to finish maybe bottom three, bottom five. And currently they're, you know, out of the bottom five, they're like sixth last or something like that. And they could draft anywhere, you know, five to 10. So you know, as much as it's little, I feel like they have still exceeded a little bit of expectations, you know, so they're slowly, gradually climbing. And I, you know, I hope he sticks around and actually does be part of the team's future as well, because there's a lot of good young players that he's already had last season as an assistant and an interim. And even this year, so even next year, he's going to have a big prop of young players. Right. So I, I say give him a shot still, you know, he's got to grow with them as well too. And, you know, he's let's see what he can do next year too, when he has guys like Owen power full time and, you know, mm-hmm. next year, I know I'm speaking a, a little too far ahead, but, you know, some fans are hoping for the playoffs already. And I think next year is a little too soon for that, but they should still be out of the probably bottom five top, uh, bottom 10, you know, area, right? They, they should gradually climb again. You know, it should be just a development year and help those kids like Owen Power and uh, get their feet wet and kind of just, you know, get used to the NHL game and pro game and see how much they can develop in the NHL world. Exactly. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing with a team like um, with Buffalo, right, is uh, Adams could have a hell of a trade deadline, right, and pick up some real good prospects. And then you just don't know what you have until the season starts next year, right? Um, you know, they could they could very well be a playoff team. The challenge, though, then is, you know, and Oilers fans know this better than anybody, is increased expectation, right, doesn't always – you know, is, is a hard thing to deal with as a fan when it's sort of maybe misplaced, right? Expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Oilers fans, a uh, number of years have had expectations that just weren't realistic. Um, but, you know, we got, even this year is a prime example. You know, you come out of the gates as fast as you do, and we all start to expect uh, Stanley Cup parade. And then, you know, you come down to earth. It's a hard thing to it's a hard thing to deal with as a fan, the ups and downs and that. Uh what um what's your thought on the game tomorrow? Like how do you feel this team is gonna come out? Like they've they've had two, I think, very emotional wins, and then they come into town after what, four or five day, five games off? Like what's their history in this type of a scenario? Do they come in fast and hard or or do they start sluggish in this type of a game? Uh, you know, they've, yeah, they haven't played since the outdoor game on Sunday and, you know, they just, they just traveled today and stuff like that. So I think they should be well-rested and after the Vegas game and Toronto game, those were good bonding games. And, you know, it seems like hopefully anyways, they'll carry on that momentum to the Alberta trip. And, you know, it's just right now, like I said, they're just hoping for small wins in a way, like even if it's just 
looking for just the rookies or the young players like Cousins taking more steps and things like that and Dolly and just continuing to progress. And I think they'll come out flying. And I hate to say it, but with Mike Smith and that, I, I think the Sabres could take advantage of things in a way. And, you know, I'm not going to predict the Sabres win, of course, or anything, but it should be a good close, hard. Oh, you game. should. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I predicted a North win, right? but I, yeah, this is the one I'm worried about of the next two. It's not New Jersey. Yeah, yeah and right now, the Sabres team, they, they're playing like, you know, they got nothing to lose, right? Like, they're just playing for, they're just having fun right now. It seems like they're having just a lot of fun, you know, and guys like Craig Anderson, you know, he could be gone to the deadline too, you know, if a team's looking for insurance and this could be their last kind of few games. Like, this Western Canadian trip could be the last few games with a group of those players too. So they kind of want to go with a big bang in a way. And, I don't know. I think they should come out flying the next uh, couple nights. So I'm hoping so, of course. Hey, and there's talked no... on last night's show about doing a lateral goaltender trade, Michael. How about Mike Smith for Craig Anderson? I, the <laughs> lateral like goaltender trade. Dump 1.5 million. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, if we can get rid you of get Smith. get younger and in between if, the pipes. If we can get rid <laughs> of Smith, uh, then I could care less if it's lateral or not. But um, yeah, that's not... You know, but my la- when I'm talking a lateral goaltending move, it's not to do with Smith. <laughs> so, so I mean, if you if you take if you take Anderson over Smith, I'd 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 be all right with that. But uh, Anderson would yeah. win a league yeah. minimum. You, you know, others are in financial tight. You know, That's so. just it, right? I mean, exactly. I would I would I honestly wouldn't have than Craig Anderson. I would not have a problem with it, not as a backup, but. At the same time, I mean, you know, that's not our problem. Our problem is having two goalies that are reasonably inconsistent going into the into the playoffs. In a, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to pick up team now, but how many years have you guys been saying that same thing now, right? Well, yeah, yeah, no, you know, I mean, we um, the heavy hockey team has a uh, a group chat going, uh, and you know, there's, you know, we talk a lot about the trades that are are coming and going and, and, you know, room Oilers were rumored to be in on Kubalik today, right out of Chicago, um, you know, which is a forward that, you know, isn't necessarily necessary on this team. Um, the flames Unless made a move on a couple of wingers. Yeah. And the flames made a move on yarn today. Right. And, you know, there's, there are, there are GMs around the league that are getting things done. Um, and our GM just just isn't right. And uh, you know, Ken Holland is a very experienced, seasoned guy, and as everybody knows, he GM'd in Detroit. <laughs> uh, if you heard, I don't know if you heard, uh, and he had and he had some success there. Uh, now he's kind of flying on that success, and we haven't really seen a whole lot of you know. This is you know, you can. I I don't know that we're any better now that Holland's been in in place um i don't know that we're any worse we just i think we're stagnant so we've had time we've had time so i guess if you consider that you should be getting better year over year consecutively better uh then we're worse right in that sense right like we're worse we're we're worse off than where we should be because we've had the same problem for a little while now um yeah yeah there's the oiler in yeah and in year seven to 97, they shouldn't be in this kind of doubt and so many question marks still. And honestly, I'm not a Holland fan. Like a lot of the Detroit fame, I feel like came pre-salary cap era. And in the salary cap era, he hasn't shown he can 
adjusts to the new game and the way things are, you know, and I feel 100. like he left, he left Detroit in so many shambles. Yeah. You could list how many contracts like Steven Weiss and to Kaiser and how many just, you know, the way the wings have looked right in the cap era so far. So I don't know. I'm not a Holland fan personally. And just, uh, I kind of feel bad in some way for some other friends because you shouldn't be here in this position in 2022 with Connor yeah. McDavid and dry You guys, I don't know. You shouldn't be in this position. You should be fighting for the division title, not just saying, Oh, I hope we make the playoffs. Right. We had $20 million <laughs> in cap space, Jeff, $20 million in cap space. And look who we have Tyson Barry and Duncan. Yeah. Yeah. And the <laughs> Sorry, but you know, Keith was asking out or he was wanting to go to Western Canada or whatever it was. And I just, it still boggles my mind how you don't get Chicago to retain any kind of salary whatsoever right like yeah leverage leverage in the world and just use none of it yeah yeah unbelievable yeah i I, you know i mean it's 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 not something we don't know and and um but when you hear it from another like a fan of another team i mean it just sort of solidifies something that we already know and are looking at and and i you know i thought when we got holland i i thought good things actually i at first, I was a little worried about his age. Uh, just not, you know, not an ageist remark so much as you know the the way that the league is going, right? The way right. that the 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 um, you know the new GMs are thinking and and the success yeah. that they're able to have, and and just being able to look at the game in a new light, like the the game is changing, right? It's not your GM shouldn't be the know? same age as your goalie. Yeah, no, and and uh, <laughs> or older. Uh, and, um, yeah, like Kevin Adams is a young guy, right? He's 47. You know, he might be, uh, he might be the guy that, you know, the Sabres need. He's, he's what, about a year and a half in, two years in now from Botterill. Yeah, well, this is his second season, I believe. And, you know, he's looked so far so good. And I like the way they're kind of building for the future. They got three first round picks in this coming draft with Vegas and Florida. I think Florida personally, I think they're going to do really good. You know, some people still question the goaltending, which is a fair question. You don't know what you're going to get in Bob uh, Bobrovsky sometimes. But they got Spencer Knight as well. And, you know, rookies can step it up all the time, too. So I feel like they got the depth in the crease if they need it as well. So Florida, I feel like it might be a later first round pick. But regardless, three first round picks and they're still going to load up with potentially some seconds. And, you know, it's supposed to be a deep draft, as they say, too. Right. So it's it's looking good for the future. And they got some good guys already in the American Hockey League and. So there's some things that are promising. And I feel like Adams and uh, the, the staff there uh, have really built, really built something good there. Who's the, uh, you know, while we're talking about it and uh, we'll get back to the game, but who's the one prospect in the system that really sort of excites you as a Sabres fan? Mm-hmm. There's a couple, like I got to say Owen power for sure, but I'm a huge fan yeah. of uh, JJ Paterka from uh the German prospect there from he's right now in Rochester, right. And he's leading the Rochester Americans in points. And, you know, he's looked really well, like he's JJ Paterka could be a great pick. You know, they got him the second round and some people didn't think he was going to slip that far. And it's really high in Paterka. They got Jack Quinn as well. And Jack Quinn went eighth overall last year yeah. or the year before. Sorry. And, you know, so the, if I had to pick one, you know, Owen power, I think looks promising, but he's, you know, he's dropped off lately from what I hear, but at the end of the day, he's had a busy like season. You know, he went to the Olympics and the world juniors and everything got canceled on him. So power has been all over the globe this year. And, you know, I think he'll be great. And he's probably one of the biggest I'm looking forward to. I love defensemen. I'm sorry, but I feel like with Ross Stalin and Owen power, they're, they're building a good blue line there, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big Darlene fan. Big and, time. and I think, um, you know, I, and I don't think people talk about him enough and it's probably because he's in Buffalo, but I, as you know, as I've said, I've, I've had a chance to watch Buffalo live and in person a number of times and to watch Darlene play. And, and I always talk about this. You can, I mean, you can see a lot of things watching on TV, but there's a lot of things you don't see. And you need to go and watch Darlene live to see what he brings to the team. Some of the things he does are just, you know, his hockey sense is, you know, out of this world. And he, um, you know, he, he just knows how to play the game. And, and uh, if he gets going, and I, and I just feel like we haven't really seen him get going yet. Um, and he's, I mean, keep in mind, he's 21. Kale McCarr was 22, 23 before he came into the league, right? Um, you know, I'm not yep. saying he's going to be a Kale McCarr, but he's got that level of talent. Like he is just mm-hmm. a talented defenseman who's still young. Uh, maybe, maybe Buffalo could be, um, said to have brought him in too early. Who knows? But when you're first overall like that, that's an expectation almost nowadays. Right. And so, uh, Hey, I'm a big Darlene fan. I, I hope, he, I mean, if I, I was a Sabres fan, I'd be excited about the goaltending prospects you guys have been coming up. Yeah, I was going to touch on that too. You know, they got, I feel like, three goalies um, in the waiting in a way. Goalies goalies are voodoo, as they say, but, you know, with three goalies, you got the odds in your favor to hopefully one will pan out. You know, right now they got Uka, Uko Pekka Lukanen, right? And he's been up and down. Yeah, he's been up and down. He's been up and down this year between the minors and the NHL, and he was injured a little bit. But I feel like they're keeping him down in the minors to kind of just get more games, get more reps and stuff like that. But even in the NCAA right now, they got Devin Levi and uh, Eric Portolo. And um, with those two as well, like Devin Levi setting records down there and like getting just so many, you know, the shutouts and all that. And he's just, he's looking great as well. So Levi's somebody, I don't know for sure, but I think he'll be in the American Hockey League next year. And you know, just with three goalies like that, you can have Uko Pekka in the NHL next year and Devin Levi in the American League next year. And just, you just, you got so many bread in the basket with the goalie position too. So yeah, that's a huge positive too, because. Which one's in Michigan? Is that uh, Levi or Patolo? Patolo, Eric Patolo. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, no, they, they all look great so far. And it's just, uh, you know, you got to. Those fans through. be jealous. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, sorry, Devin Levi is in Northeastern. There he is. Right, um, right. That's right. I couldn't place where he was. Yeah, the, the goalie position is huge. And Skinner, I got to transition over to the Oilers. I'm a huge fan of Stuart Skinner, I got to say. Like, he's he's had a great progression and everything. Like, he's done it all in the minors now. And I feel like they got to give him a shot. You know, like, he's shown signs. And, you know, you you draft a goalie, you develop him in your minors and in your system. And give him a shot. Give him an opportunity. You know what I mean? So, I feel like... T- Stuart Skinner, like I don't think he's going to be the starter next year, but he should be a good backup or a good one B type. And so you know, it's in, in that sense, I kind of I can smile in a way. The Sabers have like great prospects for the future in goaltending, and the Oilers they got Skinner. And you know, I, I'm not going to slouch on Konolanov because he sounds like he should be okay too, right? So just a little small, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, five that's, eleven or six foot. Yeah. I mean, and we'll see, but, uh, obviously, I mean, he played against the men last year and, and did, you know, did all right. Um, different game though, right. As we see, I mean, Koskinen had some time to, uh, needed some time to adjust. Uh, talked to, um, some guys that, uh, about the KHL, they said, you know, in the KHL, the big difference is, um, 
all the shots are from the outside. And uh, in the NHL, there's a lot of movement right in the front of the crease, right? And so bigger ice surface, that, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So you gotta, you know, you gotta be uh, ready for those tips. You gotta be ready for people jamming away at the puck once you get to the NHL. And and so that's why the bigger goalies kind of can do a little bit better in that regard. I almost um, wonder if the we'll Edmonton Oilers are going to do the league a favor and get rid of that narrative a little bit, right? So you see a six foot five and a six foot seven goalie and using the reverse VH to hug the post and look like they're five foot two. Both of those goalies have been scored on over their shoulders and over their heads multiple times, you know, and then you look at a guy like UC Soros or, you know, <clears throat> there's some more uh, smaller Soros, athletic so Saros is an exception and there's not a lot of smaller athletic goalies, right? Like it's just not, it's not a, there's, there's a couple exceptions, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you look at the guy in, uh, that came out of, it's coming out of Edmonton. Um, what's his name? Oil King. Kind of off. No. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, Sebastian. uh, Sebastian Cox, yeah, yeah, Casa. yeah, Casa, like yeah. Six, I mean, seven, he's whatever, huge, six, six. right? He's yeah. huge. He's mobile, right? Like these guys can be these guys can be big and play a mobile game. Now that's the difference, right? I mean, you you yeah. could never see a big guy like that have any anything rep- like resembling mobility back in the day, and and now now these they're you know extreme athletes, right? Like they're doing really well. Uh, okay, so I mean, yeah, we talk about Skinner. Let's, um, I mean, you, t- you, you know, you come into this game, you think, uh, Smith, who, who's your favorite going into the game? Like who Henestroza is coming off a big game. I, if not a little bit lucky, <laughs> right. I mean, heck, you know, but, but still, you, you know, you gotta be there to be lucky. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, like he scored two more goals than I ever scored in my NHL career and he did it in one game. So, um, you know, what's, what's your thought? Who's the guy that uh, Oilers fans need to watch out for? Um, you know, I, I'd say there's a few for sure, but Alex Tuck's been on a roll. Watch out for him. And uh, two of the youngsters I want to bring up, Dylan Cousins and Peyton Krebs. They're mm-hmm. you know, local boys in a way. Peyton Krebs is from the Calgary area. I'm sure he'll love to play in Alberta, you know, and uh, Dylan Cousins played in Lethbridge, right, and from the Yukon. So, you know, I'm sure they'll have some excitement playing in Western Canada and playing in Alberta. So I want to see what Peyton Krebs and Dylan Cousins will do because they've been on a roll lately too. And I feel like those young kids are just finally finding their groove in a way, getting the confidence. And, you know, Krebs and Co- uh, cousins are two yeah they're going to be part of the future and i think they're two kids you got to watch out for so i got a chance to skate with peyton krebs in a shinny game uh when he he injured himself right uh, before he came up to the nhl and um and he uh was in calgary and got a chance to there's a guy that um would organize some games there and so i got a chance to skate with him a uh, hell of a player obviously um but you know, something special, right. And Dylan cousins, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan, right. Like actually I'm, now that you've mentioned those two guys, I'm looking forward to that. Just watching them tomorrow night. Like it should be, um, it should be fun. So, uh, you know, at, at the Didn't same cousin time, snipe two on us last time. Uh, I don't know. Did he? I, I think I was on your show post game last time and I'm pretty sure I parlayed Oilers getting scored on and cousins scoring. And <laughs> I think he got two. I just know that Sabres have won the last three matchups, but I'm not sure in the last uh, on the exact scoring. I forget already. But hmm. where uh, where are your seats? You got good seats for the game. Yeah, um, section one twenty nine, uh, row sixteen. 
So it's, I think it's behind the Oilers net there. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully not too much action there, but we know that's not going to be the case. That's Sabre shooting twice. <laughs> then, so that's yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. You get a, you get a close look at uh, Mike Smith's follies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I mean, that's the big question mark in the game tomorrow night, right? Is Mike Smith. And to be oh. fair, right. The Oilers, the Oilers, this is a game they should win. Right. Uh, Sabres have, you know, some deficiencies that the Oilers should be able to take advantage of, uh, you know, and, and uh, some of the young guys, right. Should, you know, this, this is a team that matches up well for the Oilers, but my biggest concern about the game is really two emotional wins, a little bit of time off, as you said, a chance for this team that's, that started to come together. Right. The other thing is the Oilers are, in the thick of a playoff battle. I know it's still a little bit early, but um, it's not that early anymore. It's not right? early, man. Yeah. We are in a playoff. Yeah, battle, no, but I mean, like there's still time before it's all fully decided, but, um, sure. but it is, um, you know, it, this is about as close as it gets this time of year. And, and so these are the games that, you know, you know, in that Buffalo Sabres dressing room, they're talking about they want to be the spoiler. They want to come in and and they've had the chance to do it against Toronto. They had the chance to do it against Vegas. Um, you know, I, I just think that uh, hey, Buff, Buffalo's got, as you said earlier, nothing to lose, a uh, lot to gain. You know, some of these players might know they're on their way out the door too and and want to show up for their for their buddies in the locker room one last time or right? Like uh, they must have, um, they got the Calgary game before the deadline. And I think that's it. Right. Uh, no, they play in Vancouver on Sunday night. Oh, in Vancouver on Sunday. Yeah. So yeah. Saturday, yeah. Sunday. So they've got three games really till, um, a- until the deadline. And, and so, you know, it's, I think this is a big time for them. I like if I, um, I'm, I'm more worried about this game than I am about the, um, New Jersey game for sure. Yeah, I think you said that earlier too, Dash. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And just for for the record, since we were talking about it, it was a three-two Sabers victory. Uh, Dylan Cousins scored both the second and the third goal against the Oilers, and Mark Pishik uh, assisted on the third goal. And I believe, in my memory, those were breakaways or something. I seem to remember Cousins being sent on like two or three breakaways that game. Screw them both. <laughs> we're sending Archie after him. Sending Archie after him. Send Perlini's mom after him. She might be more feisty. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say, Jeff? I was just saying, I just recall the Sabres have won the last three matchups and everything against the Oilers. So, you know, Edmonton shouldn't take them lightly, and the Sabres have their number lately. They've won the last three. So they should be, you know, they should be a tough team tomorrow. So. I really feel like this is our sister team, right? Like this is, if, if there is a team that the oil, like Oilers fans can relate to, it's the Buffalo Sabres, right? It is. We've had somewhat, so many similarities the past, you know, 15 years or so. And this year will be 11 straight years without the playoffs for the Sabres. So we're going to, we're going to take that record from you guys. You know what I mean? So you guys talk about the decade, <laughs> talk about the decade of, so, <laughs> yeah. No, but this will be 11 straight years without the playoffs. So it's so many similarities you can talk about. And, you know, mm-hmm. you got to just build a team, you know, and uh, the way I think the Sabres are doing is the way you have to. You got to draft and develop and sometimes just be patient and trust the process in a way. And, you know, I kind of like the pace they're on right now. And 
the Oilers, you know, they'll make the playoffs, I think, this year. Things are tight, but I think they'll still make it. But getting past the first round or going deep, I don't know if they're built for that. You know, we'll still have to see what what happens with the deadline. But I don't have faith in Holland personally. And financially, they're still pretty tight. So what can Holland even do too, right? So it's so things look a little bleak for you guys. And, you know, I hope for the best, of course. Like, I support the Oilers, you know, but just... I don't know. Come playoff time, it's going to be a tough matchup no matter who they face. I feel like, you know, could you imagine a Calgary nah. though? That'd be crazy. <laughs> Just... No kidding. I uh, you we know, joked, we joked about it in our private thread today because Gio got pulled in out of the lineup in Seattle that maybe the Oilers are trading for Giordano and then we could have him versus the Flames in the first round. Uh, a lot of people think I'm crazy about this, but I think Calgary is the one team that I would be I would be for in the first round. Like that's the one team I think. Oh, I'm not Oilers, scared of them. I think Jeff's yeah, just saying entertainment wise. How oh, crazy entertainment would that, wise, how fun I know. would that be? But a lot yeah. of people would be scared of that matchup. And for me, nah. I think that's the one, the one team that the emotional uh, side of it helps the Oilers out. Whereas you know the other teams, and not that they're not going to get up and ready for any other team, but I just think that Calgary Edmonton thing is so much different, even from a fan perspective, everything like that. And I just yeah. think it's louder in Edmonton than it is in Calgary. Um, you know, I, I, there's um, like Edmonton fans can be real assholes. And, uh, and I think that's great for that type of an environment. Whereas, you know, if, if you know, you don't want to be playing as I, I think Sutter said it, Sutter said it best today. It's a waste of eight days if you end up playing Colorado in that first round. That's pretty funny. Um, it was hilarious and um, a little gamesmanship. Yeah, I don't always agree with him, but I, you know what? I agree with the way he's talking in terms of of this. If you want to make the playoffs, you got to be ahead of, um, you know, he said Vegas and Edmonton, and I, I think for Edmonton, you got to be ahead of Los Angeles and Vegas, right? I don't think yeah. we're catching Calgary anymore and um and you don't want to be in a wild card spot right like you just do not want to have any opportunity to have to play colorado in the first round there's no gimmies obviously for colorado for anybody but you really don't want to be there and jeff i i certainly hope that next year at this time we're talking about the sabers uh and where they might end up playing uh, we're pretty darn close to the end of the hour. I'm going to uh, pass it off to uh, Dash if he's got any last questions. And um, and uh, if not, he knows what to do, how to pass the uh, baton over to you to finish the show. And that's how we do it. So I'm, I'm actually passing the baton over to Dash. He's going to throw it over to you. And um, Jeff, all we do on this show is um, our guests always get the last word. And when you when you're done speaking, you say goodbye, and I throw down the the uh, the curtain, and and we're done for the night. But uh, it's probably the hardest part of my day to not say anything. And I honestly, I I've had to put myself on mute before because I I want no no I don't you know, that's, biting your lip because you want to yeah, jump back in. I want to jump back in, but. So but, the key uh, here is to say something, you know, like uh, really good, but not that good where Michael wants to jump back onto his microphone. Exactly. So, so that's, uh, that's where we're at. So uh, Dash, pass the baton over to you. You know what to do. I do. All right. Well, thanks for having uh, me on again, Michael. I believe this makes uh, three episodes in a row. So I think that's another Dash in the Park Oilers live natural hat trick. Um, I'm not sure how either 
Matthew Barnaby canceled again and you just keep scrambling back to me or maybe I boost ratings or maybe you just like the sound of my voice more than I actually do but it's uh it's been a pleasure um I will have probably stalled enough now for Jeff to have thought of something tricky and it's equally hard for me to shut my mouth at the end of these as well so I am gonna mute uh over to you Jeff good night let's go Oilers I just want to say thanks, Michael, for having me on. You know, I miss you, buddy. It's been a few years since I've seen you now. Dash, I just met you tonight. This is our first kind of meeting, so it's nice to meet you, Dash. And uh, just, you know, tomorrow night's going to be a good game. I hope the best for both teams. You know, let's go Buffalo, of course, right? But any other night, I'll support the Oilers, and I'll hope you guys, you know, pull off the two points, but not tomorrow night, of course. So let's say uh, 5-2 Buffalo win, and uh, let's go Buffalo, guys. Thanks for having me on. Farewell.